right, welcome back to another episode of Scoop TV, and we're all one big Trojan family podcast. On this week's episode, we're doing the fall camp previews. Since we're two days away, fall camp opens this Friday. Yeah, pretty excited. Hopefully uh, you are too. So Josh and I, we're going to break it down for you. Uh, we're going to take a, a look at some key areas um, that we feel confident in, some not so confident, including uh, the depth at the nose tackle position. As you know, uh, we took a hit uh, with some injuries as well as a defection uh, during the spring. We're also going to take a peek at the defense. Uh, the, the importance of the linebackers, what role do they play in Todd Orlando's defense? And we, we also peel back the layers and, and ask, you know, what does he look for when he's recruiting? What is that linebacker um, build look? What exactly does he want? Uh, because you, you got players like Drake Jackson and you know recently added Corey Foreman, who could also be playing at the linebacker level. Uh, so we, we look at the the defense and the versatility um, with the players that uh, Todd Orlando likes to utilize. We also take it to the next level with the safeties. You know, who's going to be playing nickel? Will be in the box? Will be playing free safety? Uh, where is Isaiah Polamau? What's his best position? And of course, uh, we're not going to we're not going to have a show previewing fall camp without talking about the uh, offensive line, the running backs, and of course the tight ends. And we're going to try and see how we can get all three of those groups to work together and help get this uh, Graham Harrell air raid offense more balanced out efficient so that plus a whole bunch more so we hope you enjoy it tune in fight on hello and welcome to another episode of scoop tv i'm your host josh ann joined by my co-host mark Hogan. mark how are you doing on this wednesday afternoon hey man good to be back we are so close so you close it? you feel it Oh, I told I was just telling Mark right before we started recording. It feels like Christmas is a. <laughs> it feels like December twenty third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, there, I'm super excited. Is there a buzz on on campus where where nobody is right now? Uh, maybe amongst the football players. I mean, they're hard to they're hard to miss, right? right? These dudes are the biggest people on campus. So when when they're talking and walking around and stuff, like you you know, it's hard it's hard to miss them. It, it is funny because you'll be walking through the village or something after having a meal, and who's that big group of people over there? football team it's like man i remember a couple years ago not to get sidetracked we'll get into other stuff but a couple years ago i got in an elevator with some offensive linemen it's probably like three of them it was like avt and a couple other guys and you would have thought it was like seven regular people in there (laughs) it was really cramped can you imagine though being in an elevator and that thing just breaking down with well well, there was the incident right a couple years ago i forgot who it was and it was was zach banner who recorded it or something i forget who it was yes so while that might be fun for a few minutes, uh, I'm sure that would be uh, unnerving. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because eventually uh, gravity wins. <laughs> I, it is uh, not, not something I will want to experience anytime soon. Right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we covered offense pretty in depth a couple of weeks ago. So now we're going to focus on the defense. And we'll start on the D-line. Yeah, we're going to do our fall camp because we're, what, three, two and a half days away now? So, yeah, we'll move on to defense. Um, defensive line, you want to go there? Yeah, of course, defensive line. Let's start, with, let's start with what we know about the defensive line. I okay. think here's what we know. We know Tuli Tui Pelotu is probably going to have a spot. Yes. We think Nick Figueroa is probably going to have a spot. Yes. But I do think there's a void there in the middle with Marlon Tui Pelotu, now NFL bound. You know, I think Ishmael Shafshir was a name that we thought would kind of be a plug and play, but he's, you know, his status is still up in the air. I'm sure we'll get a lot more clarity on Friday. Um, he had compartment syndrome surgery uh, over the off season. So, and then Jay Toy has a situation, we'll put it like that. You know, there was a whole situation with that. So, I mean, I was looking at the depth chart and honestly, Mark, I'm, I was thinking like, man, we are, we are literally a sprained ankle away from like, does Vic have to like put the whistle down and put on a helmet and get in there himself? Like, oh, yeah, there's I'm- not a lot of depth at that spot. It literally, you know, with fall camp opening tomorrow, or not, excuse me, not tomorrow, but on Friday, day after tomorrow, um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you're excited, 
there, there's a whole lot of anticipation. Um, but, you know, once they strap those helmets on, it, it's kind of hold your breath. Mm-hmm. Just like you're saying, you know, in the middle right now, there, there there's some depth concerns. Um, you know, even coming out of spring, you know, we lost Brandon Peely. Uh, he, you know, Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then even Kobe Pepe was lost for half of the spring camp with an injury. So from what I understand, both Kobe and Jamar Sakona um, should be, you know, close to 100% uh, going to camp starting on Friday. So after that, um, that's where it gets a little murky in the middle. Um, you start looking at the, uh, at the roster and, you know, I guess you could plug in, you know, Mananoa Tofono. He's been taking a couple of years to make that transition from linebacker, you know, to defensive lineman. And he looks like a lineman now. I mean, he's pretty big, pretty stout. Um, Dejon Benton, you know, during the spring, you know, we saw him kind of, a, you know, playing more of a defensive end role. And he was doing a lot of stand-up stuff. So it does his versatility because he's still, you know, he's still big up front. Can you play in the middle? You know, can you can you get can you get him into the rotation there? Uh, because you were touching on the edges. Uh, I think we are definitely solid. I mean, between between Thule, between Nick Figueroa, between you know Drake Jackson, wherever you're going to categorize him as a linebacker as a defensive end. You now also bring in Corey Foreman, who I think everybody anticipates having some sort of significant role this year. You know, is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? Are we going to see one of those? Is Orlando going to do one of those NFL type of fucking defenses where you just have everybody standing up, you know, kind of moving around? And once the ball snapped, it's just like, go. Yeah, no. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Corey Foreman because for me personally, I know some other people had these questions too. It was, what is, is Corey going to be standing up or is he going to put his hand in the ground when he gets to USC? And, you know, so far on the roster, they could have listed him as an outside linebacker, like some of the other pass rushers, but he's currently listed as a D lineman. But again, like you mentioned, Todd Orlando has these guys doing all sorts of stuff. Right. You know, he, he likes to get very creative with the way he like sends blitzes and things like that. So I imagine we'll see both things if Corey is able to carve out a role for himself uh what what do you think you know stanley to Tufo- how do you stanley Tufo- yes was he ready to maybe is he a wild card can he be somebody who can plug him in the middle i mean there's a couple wild cards he's one i think jake lichtenstein who i mean if, if you have seen jake lichtenstein in person <laughs> i mean <laughs> this dude is huge like huge scary yeah and so you know he's from florida so you know i gotta give him a shout out 954 Broward County. Um, but in terms of playing in the middle, I was like, why not him, right? He certainly has a size, in my opinion. He's, yeah, it's almost, you know, Caleb Tremble, Caleb Tremble, you know, took his skills back to Tennessee. That's where he'll be playing this year. But, you know, if you could plug in Jake Lichtenstein right into his place, because remember, people might remember as a freshman, um, Jake was seeing the field and he was making an impact till he got hurt. And then, you know, last year he decided to, you know, opt out until the end of the year when he rejoined the team. But at that point, you know, no chance for him to, to make an impact of any kind. Um, there's a freshman who joined the team this year, uh, Colin Mobley from back East, D.C. You know, I, I think Nick Figueroa mentioned him. Uh, I might have read somewhere that, you know, Nick Figueroa talked about him briefly, uh, that he's kind of made an impact during his time here so far, whether it's just, you know, being ready for conditioning or whatever, uh, that's another name to, you know, kind of keep an eye on. So they have the pieces. Um, Now it's a matter of, you know, Vixa Oto and Coach Orlando kind of figuring out a rotation and and how to use these guys up front. And staying healthy for the next 30 days. That's especially in the middle, man. Like they really got to stay healthy. There are not a lot of bodies to go around anymore. You know, and that's that catch-22 because, you know, Trojan fans, they're like, our practices aren't physical enough. 
Right. Why aren't we tackling? Everything's thud, yada, yada, yada. Well, remember, there are NCA rules, there are Pac-12 rules that they have to adhere to. Last year, they had barely any type of fall camp or any type of contact whatsoever. <clears throat> so they will have that this year. So that's, you know, that's a plus. But at the same time, they've got to balance that out because I don't know if they can suffer or risk uh, any more injuries uh, in the middle or yeah. along the line for that matter. It's a yeah. good, there's a good mix of, of experience and youth, but um, yeah, got the question mark is definitely in the middle. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a, it, the production I'm not concerned about, but yeah, like you said, the depth is where it's, you know, yeah. a little iffy. And you know, let's let's be honest. Last year, the um, the run defense could have been better. Could have been better. Yep. That's I guess that's the nice way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too with the run defense. I expect that to be better because, like you mentioned, you know, so much of fall camp last year was just game install. Yeah. There was no time to like really put your system in. That's when a guy like Jaden Daniels runs for over 100 yards on you in the season opener because you know you just like haven't had that time right and so i'm looking for that to be improved um but they need to be better in the run i would say that yeah and you know the would you say the key to todd orlando's defense is the linebacker unit i mean does it start yes. up there i mean everybody says everything starts up front but with orlando's defense because typically you really only have two defensive linemen on their on the field with their hands in the dirt right so yeah. is it really a linebacker safety hybrid type of defense? Well, I think what we can say for sure is that the defense started looking a lot better when they got more production from that spot. Like once Kanai Malga started coming into his own yeah. and we saw improvement from the other linebacker spot, whether that was Raylan or Ray yeah. Scott in there, that's when the defense started to look like it was really gelling because uh, the back end was pretty solid for the most part. So they really needed those two backers to like start getting the backfield and stuff. And once they started doing that, they started playing better. I don't think that's a coincidence necessarily. Your feelings, if you were to put a percentage down, are, will we see solo this year? Man, I, man, I want to say, I want to say there is a chance, man. Cause like, I feel like, Based off everything I've been reading from, you know, USC Scoop and such, he looks like he's going to be, you know, pretty ready to go, right? And so, you know, speaking of talent, talent has never been Solo's issue either, right? It's just been a matter of staying healthy. So, hey, man, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can see him. Um, I honestly don't even know how to put a percentage on it, but I feel like we've gotten so close so many times. And now it's like, this could be it, finally. Right. I mean, you're thinking, you're, well, I'm saying to myself, if it's not this year, it's never going to happen. Um, you know, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So, because you, you've got, you know, besides solo, you've also got Jordan Iosefa, who unfortunately has been having some setbacks with, with his injuries. Um, I'm more confident with solo being ready this year than Jordan, uh, just through the grapevine kind of word of noise stuff hearing, uh, but lurking in the background, um, they've got some really nice linebackers ready to, to make an impact. Uh, you know, Julian Simon is a freshman who looks like he's he can he's a father of a freshman. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he looks like a GA out there. They call him Mike. They call him Mike Hutch Senior. Have you heard that? Did you see so, that joke? <laughs> it's not to be mean. He's just he's a man. He looks a like a man. Yeah. And. Elijah Winston, I bumped into him uh, crossing campus last week. Uh, he said he's 100% ready to go. So um, a lot more experience, healthy, if Elijah can come back, um, with Solo, with Jordan. So there's just guys in the wings ready with the experience. But we were talking, you know, I was mentioning the young guys. Uh, you've got Julian Simon. You've got Raymond Scott. Um, who else is out there? You've got Nomura, who, who was pressed into action. Yes. Um, you mentioned Kanai, who kind of bursted on, I won't say bursted on the scene, he's been around, but uh, he found his role last year. He did. I think, you know, I think we, it's a shame they lost that game to Oregon because he was, he was incredible in that game. He had, I think he had double digit tackles. 
obviously he had that interception at the end of the first half. Like I think as, as well as he played in that game, I, I'm almost a little bit sad that they didn't win because I think he would even have more attention towards him this offseason if they had pulled that game out, right? It's just when you lose, you know, people don't talk about it as much. I, you know what, Kanai Malga to me is like, for people who remember, he's like Kaluka Mayava from the USC linebacker lore. Um, that class had, you know, that that was with, the, with Ray Mayaluga and that the names of Brian Cushing, um, but no one ever mentioned Kaluka, but he every time he was on the field, he dominated. He was just that type of guy. And I think that's where Kanai falls in. You know, he's, he wasn't that name, that brand uh, that came in, um, but he's just that, that linebacker that you don't want to be in his path when he's coming at you. Yeah. And he's not, you know, he's not like a super like social media guy either or anything like right. that. He does, he's not out there. He just guts on the field. He does what he's supposed to do. And he, right. he plays with a passion. You know, he plays hard. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to it because I think this is going, if I'm not mistaken, this is going to be his first year where like going into camp, he's one of the guys they're going to be specifically relying on. And so yes. I'm super excited for that. Correct. Absolutely. Hey, you know, you, you, you briefly mentioned um, Raylan Goforth. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he saw extensive action last year. You know, is he going to be able to hold off the, the guys coming up with the experience or is, or is he, you know, solidified his place in the rotation? Um, you know, there's some wild cards in there, you know, some guys who they've moved around. Um, Kelowna Makala, mm-hmm. um, you know, he got too big to play safety. I mean, he's a, he's a big kid. He's a big kid. Yeah, he's super tall. That's, yeah. a, that's the, the thought I had. He's really tall. Yeah. Um, Taylor Katoa, you know, he's back from his uh, Mormon mission. You know, is he going to be a member of the rotation? Will he see the field? You know, and then there's a guy, there's always one kid or, you know, one young guy out there that you're saying, all right, walk on, you know, special teams player. Keep an eye on Danny Lockhart. He's one of those guys who, you know, just they, they kind of, Lurk in the background. He comes from a program um, that knows how to win. So those are the type of players that kind of, they might not be your your first choice, but eventually they they rise to the top. So there's a lot of there's a lot of players in the linebacker room. Um, and At the inside is back. Yep. Yeah, they're they're it's going to be incumbent upon them to to play their role in this defense. Because mm-hmm. they're they're very important, man. They they they're asked to do a lot. They're asked to blitz a lot. They're asked to cover. They, you got to be able to do a lot of different things in this this defense. Um, yeah, do we want to shift our focus to the outside linebacker spot now? Jake Jackson and, and Corey. Yeah, Hall? exactly. I mean, they, yeah. We haven't said their names yet, so now. Yeah, Drake Jackson, Hunter Eccles too. He's another vet that's going to be over there. Um. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about the inside linebackers. Thanks for you know differentiating here. So yeah, Hunter Eccles, Drake Jackson, Corey Foreman. Who else am I missing? So actually, Ray John Davis is listed as an outside guy. I thought they'd shift him inside, but uh, Juliano Falonico is another name that they have listed on the outside. Yeah, yeah. Just a couple bodies, like six, five or six bodies, they have listed as outside backers. You see, Ray John Davis. I've always wondered what is the prototypical linebacker that Orlando looks for when he's recruiting, because you never really hear his name. In the recruiting circles, um, you know, Kerry Colbert's name gets a lot of shade, um, and I'm not trying to deflect attention away, right, right, to Orlando. But it's you know, I've always wondered, you know, what is he looking for in his linebacker when he's recruiting? Because, you know, who we thought we had um, as a early commit in the 2022 class, uh, junior. Um, Nui Halamalaka is no longer committed and is going to is he's committed to Notre Dame. Yep. Um, we have a linebacker out of the state of Texas committed, Taikana. But just down the street, you know, yesterday Scott and I went to Modern Day's practice, and there's a linebacker who just committed to, tech, to Texas named Owen Carey. Um, USC showed some initial interest in the beginning, and for whatever reason, they kind of just, you know, 
the, the communication process slowed down a little bit. And, you know, for anybody who knows, remembers Matt Grudegood, he's that level good. No pun intended whatsoever. So Sarkeesian recognized a little bit of talent. And he's pulling a good one out of modern day. So, I mean, Josh, what is, you know, the question again, what is, what do, what does Orlando look for in a linebacker? Because Drake Jackson, Corey Foreman aren't your typical linebackers. Right. They're mostly, yeah, those, they're like the pass rushing type linebackers. Like in the NFL, you think of like a Chandler Jones, Darius Smith, Von Miller, those types. It's tough to say, honestly. I think the one thing I will say is that he, like, he lets players do what they're best at, but you have to be versatile to play linebacker, right? So Drake Jackson is going to be rushing, rushing the passer most of the time. But sometimes, you, you, you know, there's certain times where he's going to be, you know, dropping back and, like, uh, being in coverage. And do you remember that interception against Utah? Yes. Yeah, he was back there. You know, the ball kind of just flew to him, and then he was off. And so I think the one thing I can say for sure is that he, he really values versatility in his defense. But it's hard to find a pattern of, like, measurables or something like that, you know? It really is. And, it, you know, going back to you mentioning Rajon Davis, you know, to me, uh, he is that versatile type of linebacker he's not big he's not small he's kind of that tweener you know he's that safety linebacker hybrid um so it's gonna be interesting to see how they utilize him you know is he inside is he outside is he a talanoa hufanga type of you know are they going to use him like they used hufanga last year yeah that and that role kind of came up in the middle of the season right at the wazoo game all of a sudden you know talanoa is usually playing back and then He's up in the line of scrimmage, and it was beautiful. I mean, it worked. You, how much more could you ask for, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was it was amazing. He went back to the defensive player. Of the year. I mean, it was amazing what happened in that game. Yeah, you know, hurt yeah. So, I mean, maybe they're maybe they're trying to find another guy like that, and that becomes more of a uh, more of a common theme moving forward in the Todd Orlando era at USC. Which, I, but again, it goes back to why are they letting somebody in their own backyard out to Austin. <laughs> That I cannot no. tell you. Take back the West. <laughs> Speaking of take back the West, anyway. do you remember who came up with that line? No, who came up with that, Josh? Mr. Mr. Dante Williams, cornerback coach at USC. And so we'll uh, we'll shift yeah, on over to the outside. It's uh, a backfield. Yeah, how do you like that? It was pretty good, right? It's pretty oh. smooth. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you outside, I'll, I'll dude, give what, some stars for that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, you said four, four, four stars. Okay. Well, stars Dante has no problem getting four stars either. Four stars and five stars. So that's fine with me. You showed good hip movement there. Good flow. <laughs> For sure. Um, at that spot, you know, they they lost OG the offseason to the uh, NFL. He's currently with the Buffalo Bills. They return one guy, Chris Steele, who, um, how do I say it? He is, he's primed for a big season. He's ready for this year to be the reason why he's able to declare ready for the NFL. And then at the other spot, there's going to be some competition. But I think, would you agree that Isaac Taylor Stewart is the front runner to be uh, the cornerback on the other side of the field? Yeah, I, I, you know, typically you're going to run two cornerbacks plus a nickel, right? Yeah, that's what they usually do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, I would be shocked if your starting corners are not ITS, Isaac Taylor Stewart and Chris Steele. That being said, um, there's a lot of players back there who I, I don't, in other words, I, I, I see minimal drop off from the first level down to the second level. And the, the drop off from the second level to the third level isn't even that significant from what we saw in the spring. This is what I'm basing off of, you know. Um, what Josh are some names in this? Like, yeah, Josh Jackson just came out of nowhere. Uh, and he was just balling. I mean, he was <laughs> he was making plays that were like, people are like, who is that guy? And was, you find out, oh, that's the guy who they moved over from wide receiver. Well, it's hard enough because they had two dudes wearing number six, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, you have to figure out, okay, what is Isaiah, what's ITS wearing today? What is, what's Josh Jackson wearing today? Right. And it's basically, you, you have to look on the left arm to see who has the sleeve and who didn't. Hmm. Uh, that was, yeah. <laughs> and Josh Jackson will be wearing 23 now. Right. Yes. Yep. Number, so that's how you're able to differentiate. Yes, numbers have officially been changed. So 
um, yeah, Chris Steele, ITS, uh, Josh Jackson. I think those are your front runners. I think uh, Dorian Hewitt. I think I'd throw Dorian Hewitt in there too. He's gotten some good run over the last couple of years. Well, then, you know, we can always bring up uh, Adonis Ote, Odie too. Mm -hmm. um, A lot the, of DBs in that 2019 yeah, class. In the cornerback group, cornerback specifically, um, they're big, great size across the board. I mean, Dorian Hewitt is probably your smallest guy. Yeah. He's not even small. So. No, but what he, you know, what he lacks in in verticality, uh, he makes up in in speed. Uh, and he's one of the faster dudes on the field. Yep, track another track guy from Texas. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, and then they brought in a, they brought in some freshmen. You know, you've got Sierra Wright, who's going to be looking to make a little bit of an impact. Um, Prophet Brown who it'll be interesting to see if he ultimately stays a cornerback or, you know, moves over to the other side of the ball at some point um, because he's one of those guys when the ball's in his hands, he's kind of electric. Yeah. Just put the ball in his hands. Exactly. Type of guys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that, you know, I guess that's what people should look for starting fall camp at the cornerback position. Do you have, do you see it differently? No, I think I think this cornerback position is pretty straightforward. Um, we're gonna talk about the safeties later, but I think the safeties spots is where it gets a little bit more complicated. But I think Chris has a spot, ITS probably has the other spot, and you know you're looking at Josh Jackson, some mixture of Josh Jackson, uh, Dorian Hewitt, Adonis Ote, and Jaden Williams for those next couple of spots. Yeah, forgive me, Jaden Williams. It wasn't, or it wasn't intentional, but you know, eighty-five Jayden, scholarship players, Mark, you good? Well, Jaden had a solid spring. I mean. Uh -huh. So, again, I, I think that's what I'm trying to say. The, the drop-off from one to two to even three, um, it's going to be minimal. So, plus you got Dante coaching these guys, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he is the, uh, the Pied Piper, the magic man. Yeah. The man himself. Yeah, we'll see if... Uh, We'll see if Merton Hanks' um, <laughs> words at Pac-12 Day or will hold true that Pac-12 officiating, bad Pac-12 officiating is a misnomer because USC uh, in the secondary <laughs> will disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. At the safety level, though, um, what are your thoughts? Man. Uh, well, I think the biggest thing is replacing the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, right? That is definitely the biggest question. But I think number two, and it's not very far behind, is how do you fill out that nickel spot with Max Williams being out for the season, presumably with, you know, he's crazy. Like, I just want to say shout out to Max Williams because he's been recovering. His recovery speed is crazy, but, you if know. If it was up to Max, he would play. But it's not <laughs> up to Max, so let's just yeah. – <laughs> And, you know, at, the, at that nickel spot, though, you would, you would, you know, Greg Johnson was the original starter there, too. But, you know, Greg's injury history is not exactly great either. You know, he's, he, gets, he, he has a history of getting banged up a little bit. Um, thankfully, they brought in a lot of young DBs. They got a couple guys from the portal this year. Um, I think the one constant, though, is that Isaiah Polamau is going to have one of those spots. Where do you see him lining up, though? Is he going to be back end? Is he going to be up? Is he going to be in the box? I like him back more in the back end partially because the other two guys that are going to be playing around him are probably going to be newer. They didn't get that much starting time. So you want to keep Isaiah in a spot where he knows what he's doing so he can help in the back end. And I also thought he had a pretty good year. So why not keep him where he's excelling? Agreed. You know, and people might remember I, I gave my uh, opinion, critique of what I saw coming out of spring and yeah, Isaiah playing the nickel, I just don't know if that's his best spot. So I, I think he's better analyzing the play a little bit deeper and reacting um, rather than having to play a strong safety role or even at the yeah. nickel. That's just I, my view of things. I'm not the coach. So you you wouldn't be surprised then if you saw if they threw Isaiah out there more during fall camp at close to the line of scrimmage? Not going to be surprised at all because we saw it in the in the right. spring. Yeah. So, um, but like you mentioned, you know, some new guys have arrived, and you know, mm -hmm. they'll be able to play around with that. Um, you know, 
when you've got guys like uh, Xavier Alford, Chris mm-hmm. Thompson, who hit the portal, came over from Auburn. Um, you still got, you know, Britton Allen, who is what? Is he a sophomore now or junior? junior? He's going to be a rising junior, yeah. I'm trying to figure out who's a super sophomore, super junior, you know, whatever they're. Yeah, with that, with that free COVID year, now it's even more complicated. Yeah, exactly. So um, you got Zamarian Gordon. I mean, Kalen Bullock. I'm just I really like the safety class they brought in. Yeah, any yeah. Beavers, uh, Jalen Smith, another you know um, Swiss Army knife guy. Is he going to be defense? Is he going to play offense? Another dynamic guy. Uh, but Beavers, you know, when I saw him in the spring, you know, he was already wearing number fifteen. I was like, man, <laughs> he looks the same size as Talanoa. <laughs> so you know, he's a freshman. He's been here already. He's he's been able to go through spring. Um, so I'm going to keep an eye on, you know, you know, he's not one of those flashy guys. Um, I know he likes to spend a lot of time on Instagram. He's always starting up some videos, but when you look at him, he looks like a football player. Um, but you know, is Chris Thompson going to be the guy to step in? You know, he's got the experience. Power five experience. Yep. Of the SEC pedigree. Um, Those are, it's, it's kind of like, again, we were talking about the linebacker group and what Todd, what, what Orlando looks for. Same thing, I guess, at the safety level. You know, it's kind of a, with with Niver coaching that group, um, him and Orlando are, are kind of like on the, always on the same wavelength. They can finish each other's sentences. Um, they, it's almost like those two position groups can kind of intermingle. A little bit, yeah. But would you say, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But would you say that the the front? I would kind of. I would almost say Chase Williams is a name that he might be. He might be the. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a starting safety come September fourth against San Jose State alongside um, Isaiah. What do you see from him in the spring? So, are you is Greg if Greg Johnson's healthy? Do you think he's your starting nickel? Are we? So just- how how I'm imagining it as of today is you put Greg at the nickel, Isaiah at one safety spot, and Chase at the other safety spot. What are your that's thoughts on why, that? That's why I was asking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think Greg Johnson and Chase Williams, you can, they're interchangeable. So, yeah. I, the competition is going to be very fierce because Xavier yes. and Alfred and Chris Thompson Jr. did not come to sit. They did not come to sit. Correct. So, yeah, um, I think we'll agree that Isaiah probably has free safety locked in. That's probably where he's going to end up when everything's yeah. all said and done. Yep. Um, but you know, is Bam going to be his backup, or is Bam going to play? You know, in the box. You nickname like Bam, you think he's playing in the box, right? Oh yeah, you got to be. You got to be a yeah. You got to be able to hit if your nickname is Bam. Right. So after that, you know, it's it's the freshman. There's but there's a lot of depth there. Yep. You know, they, they focused on it. They knew that was that there were holes they needed to fill there, um, especially knowing that Hufanga was leaving. So they went and they got a couple of guys to come in from Texas. And all, come all over the place, really. Yeah. <laughs> and their uh, coaching staff is familiar with these guys because they recruited right. them. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Like Xavier, like Scott's reported this, Xavier and Alfred and Craig Naver are extremely close. Um, Texas was after when. When Craig Niver was at Texas, they went after Chris Thompson Jr. hard. So a lot of experience, uh, a lot of depth, which means a lot of competition. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. And one more thing I want to mention is, you know, you brought this up was like um, of like Greg and like Chase Williams or Chris Thompson being interchangeable is they really focus on cross training. That's one thing they talked about a lot, right? They want they want guys to be able to fill in because you never know what, what might happen. Right? All of a sudden, you might be having to play in the box instead of that free safety and such. So. Well, you 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 brought it up, you know, Hufanga. It was almost like they created the position for him during the season. Out of, I don't know if it was out of necessity, but um, it was a way to maximize his talents. And we can say that they did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Um, the NFL, you know, they have their own draft, you know, slots and. 
I think everyone would agree Talanoa probably deserved to be drafted higher than he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we did a whole episode on this too, but the NFL is projection over production a lot of times. So I can understand why he fell that far. You know, tweener doesn't have elite speed and such, but you can't, instincts are not measurable. Like, and he's got those instincts that when you put him on a field, right, he can be one of your best 11. Agreed. So, you know, before we put a bow on the defense, um, your overall, how, you know, how important is it going to be for them to, to help the offense this year? I mean, that's because I, I want to transition back to the offense because last yeah. year, the defense, their weakness was stopping the run. Mm-hmm. So um, they've got to get off the field. So the offense can control time of possession. It's, it, it can't be the opposite anymore. No, it is extremely crucial. I mean, we're almost like we, we've been, I think a lot of the offseason focus has been on the offensive line and rightfully so, because you know, that they need more production from that area, but none of that even matters if the defense doesn't play as well as it did towards the end of the back half of the season. Right. If the defense regresses, then we have another issue. Right. So they, I think, and I think one of the bigger issues that I saw personally is they had trouble getting lined up a lot of times, like against UCLA, when UCLA brought in all those funky formations, they had, they caught people out of position a lot against Oregon too. Oregon, if you remember, they always had that running back in motion to kind of see what was going on. So I think that's kind of the the, the MO. And and I'm not sure how I want to attack that because, you know, the excuse is, well, they had to prepare for two teams when they went up against Oregon. So it's true. that's why they weren't. I'm not sure why they looked so confused against UCLA. Oh, that's what I think. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, I'm not sure how I want to approach that. Um, but yeah, if they can't stop the run this year, um, it's going to be a long season. Yeah. And, and, and Todd Orlando knows because in his presser, he says, if you if if you can't stop the pass, you still have a chance because the ball still needs to get from point A to point B successfully, and a lot of things can happen wrong. But like, if you can't stop the run, then it's just over because the guy can just hand it off over and over and over again, and you're really in a lot of trouble at that point. Yeah. So you know, there there aren't going to be any built-in excuses this year. They're going to have they've had a full spring, they've had a full summer of conditioning. They're going to have a full fall, fall camp. Um, you know, unless the next variant shows up, to, you know, <laughs> whatever letter we're up to now. Um, so they're going to be able to have full physical contact. They're going to use every single one of their practices that they're allocated. There are no more built-in excuses why they don't, why they're not productive. Um, you know, they brought you at the very beginning of the show. You mentioned Ishmael Sopcher. Uh, I don't know if we can rely on him. He has not practiced in the spring. From what I can tell during, you know, what we see, what we can see during the, the PRPs, he's not really a participant. So going into fall camp, um, let's not anticipate anything out of him until sometime during the season. It's not happening in the beginning. So until we see it, basically, we, what you're saying, but yeah. So uh, all eyes, you know, will be focused on the interior of the line. Kobe Pepe, Jamar Sakona, et al. And how the guys, you know, Thule and Nick Figueroa and Drake Jackson and Corey Foreman, et al. Hunter Eccles are going to fill in around those guys. Yeah. It'll be up to the offensive line to, to test those guys starting Friday. You know, iron sharpens iron. Iron does sharpen iron. And yeah, I mean, that's another thing is like this offensive line, it's, you know, you, you are filling in that left tackle position. And obviously Elijah Bear Tucker, that's some huge shoes to fill. But, you know, Voorhees, like, you know, Voorhees, Nealon, McKenzie, Jimmins, there's some returning bodies there, so. No, you would expect them to have some sort of momentum. Have you? Are you ready to settle on your on your first line yet? Or are you going to? Uh, I mean, to a, to a certain extent. Um, like you, though, I have I have trouble. Yeah. 
I have trouble imagining a scenario where Jonah Monheim is not getting significant playing time because, you know, Clay McGuire didn't recruit Jonah to USC, right? He, Jonah was already here. And, you know, at that media availability, he could have easily just said, you know, Jonah's growing. He just, you know, the typical stuff. He went as to far as say he reminds him of a former uh, NFL offensive lineman, Joe Dahl. And that's high praise, man. That's really high praise. So I think he's a very talented kid and he can play in multiple positions. So I'm very interested to see where he ends up too. So I saw, you know, we were at the last PRP uh, last Thursday, last week, and I saw somebody was interviewing Jonah and Jonah just, he was standing there. And you know, you know, that swole look, you know, where oh, they yeah, just, he... just can't put your arms down. Yeah. He has that look where he, no matter what position he's standing, his arms are always like extended from his body because they won't, he can't get him to, to go flush. Um, and he has that. He has that V cut already. Um, so yeah, he he's already looking the part. Um, I man, I'm telling you, if this is if Clay McGuire was brought in to make the O line work in the air raid, I think he needs to have full autonomy. No more, yeah, no more politics. No more, you know. Well. No more this so guy. So was here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So was here for so long, and you know he's he's earned the right to not play the position, to lose the spot. My starting line. I'm gonna go on. I'm going official with it. <clears throat> and I'm sorry if it hurts feelings, but here we go. Well, you want to do this before fall camp? You want to put your line off? Before yeah, fall camp already. Left okay. tackle. Left tackle. Cortland Ford. Left guard. Andrew Voorhees. And if you see him, you'll know why. The guy is huge. He is by far the biggest offensive lineman on the team right now. I'm going to stay with Brett Nealon at center. Um, I'm going to go Justin Dietrich, right guard. And I'm going Jonah Monheim, right tackle. So that's we will, my, we will, that's we my, will compare your current offensive line to what ends up coming out before the season. My line is not going to be the line that shows up, but um, I, I think that's where we're, where I would go with it. Yeah. Hey, I, I, it'd be fun to see. I've seen enough from, you know, the guys who have been here. I've seen enough from Jalen McKenzie. I've seen enough from Liam Jimmins uh, to, to form my own, to form this opinion. They've, they've had some great moments. They've had some moments where they just, that right side has a lot of work. It, it seems to be the air, the, the weakness on the O-line. And it's been that way for a couple of years now. But, you know, you've got guys like Jason Rodriguez who they're ready to, this is his third year in the program. Time to step up. You know, you were the highest rated offensive lineman in your class. If you don't, if it's not now, you're going to get passed up by these younger guys, you know, the Cortland Fords, the Casey Colliers, the Jonah Monheims, the Andrew Maleks, the Caden Stevens. By the way, have you ever seen this guy? Oh, he's huge. I saw him the other day. He's huge. <laughs> Mountain. So, yeah. Again, uh, we'll see. I have a feeling they're going to stick with the experience factor, though, because, you know, First and foremost, we were talking about it earlier, you know, holding your breath type of thing. They got to keep Keaton healthy throughout the year. And I think coaching, coaches are always going to fall back on experience matters most. And I don't know if they're going to want to trust youth and inexperience to protecting the quarterback position that is very youthful after Keaton. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, yeah, it's tough to say right now, and I think we'll get more clues, obviously, over the next few weeks, but it's it's a matter of philosophy, I guess. It, when Clay McGuire gets in there, is it, oh, you know, the previous the previous coach didn't have these guys doing what they were doing correctly, or is it a talent issue, right? Do we need to get new, some new bodies in there? And, you know, we haven't necessarily gotten any um, firm ideas of what that is, but time will tell. Time will tell about what Clay McGuire thinks. Right. I mean, in, again, it's not a it's not a thin room. I mean, there's there's a lot of depth there. I mean, there's names that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, Liam Douglas. He, you know, he's a guy who 
who looks the part. Uh, who else? Casey Collier. Well, I mentioned him, but I, I think he's still a year away. Um, Gino Canonis, another guy. Andres DeWork. I mean, you had the freshman that came in this year, uh, Mason Murphy, Ty Buchanan, and the big, you know, the big piece, Max Gibbs. There's a lot of pieces to work with there. Did I? Who have we not mentioned? Uh, there's a lot of bodies in there, so I mean, um, Frank Martin. Yep. Uh, you know, there's other guys who are you know kind of walk-on guys who are you know that it came over in the transfer as well. Joe Bryson, I, I can't, from some school in Colorado. He's another big, big dude. I mean, he looks like an NFL lineman, but he was playing at, I think, Colorado School of the Mines or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, whatever that is. No offense. Uh, there's a lot of room. There's a lot of guys in that room. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of guys, a lot of, a lot of competition. You know, we talked about this for the DBs too, but it's a, if I was Clay McGuire, I'd open it up. Who can win a spot? Go win a spot. Yeah. I don't think anybody should anticipate any of the freshmen from the 2021 class contributing. No, no. No. They shouldn't be expected to. Uh, this is the year to go get in shape. Uh, but on that note, um, someone did tell me that Ty Buchanan, um, came in looking like he's ready to, he is the most in shape of the of the offensive lineman that came in. Texas guy, go for it. Vegan. Is Vegan, he? Vegan, vegetarian, he's one of the two. He, on his Twitter profile, it says, here, let me look at it real quick so I don't. Man. Are we gonna have to inject his veins with some? <laughs> uh, okay, I can't find it, but it's one of those two. It, it, it's one of those two. Look, wouldn't surprise me. Teach their own. If it works, it works, right? Hey, it clearly works, right? <laughs> if you see him. <laughs> like, like I guess someone told me he came in looking like he's in shape. Um, you know, we we talked, I mentioned the, the quarterback position. <clears throat> Vegetarian. There is. Yeah. Talk about the yellow jersey. He, I, I don't think anybody will be with that will be allowed within five yards of Keaton Slovis this fall camp. Bottom line, he's, they have to keep him upright. So, you know, hopefully we don't get any sprained ankles, twisted knees, anything like that. Because behind him, we're, we're going freshman. It's going to be a, it's going to be a virgin out there. It'll be Dara Moss, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's no, no predictions going on here. Those guys are going to battle. Hopefully we don't have to see either one of them this year because yeah, I, I really hope not <laughs> if you're seeing one of those guys then you know you're just something asking went wrong yeah something went wrong and you're just asking for a negative consequences so but uh, i i think everyone's going to agree no doubt about it in order for this offense to take the next step in order for keaton slovis to be a true heisman candidate and put up some prolific numbers Better than his freshman numbers, which were pretty damn prolific. What, 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 72% completion rate. He did that without a running game. Josh, what's the magic number? How many yards do we need? 150, 180. Okay, sure. Somewhere around there. Hey, that, Nothing south of 150 will be acceptable this year, as far as I'm concerned. And they have no reason why they shouldn't. They, they, do you not have the talent on the offensive line? That's not the case. Do you not have tons of running backs? That's not the case either. You got four or five, four guys that can come in and do you what they have to do. Quarterback so. The receiving core that should be able to stress a defense enough that they can't load the box. Yeah. So, yes, the running game is incumbent. Um, I mentioned, I did I mention, I, I don't remember if I mentioned this, but last week um, we were, uh, Scott and I had the opportunity to, to have a meet and greet with a new Pac-12 commissioner. 
um, off the record type of stuff. After after our you know our cocktail weenies and and iced tea, uh, we're walking through the village and saw a bunch of players hanging out and decided to talk to to a few of them, even though we we're you know nobody saw us, so it didn't really happen. But what we heard from a veteran player, because I said I'm I'm asking all these guys every time, are you guys focused on the running game this year? And you know, I'm always, I always anticipate, yeah, 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 we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. This time I got a different answer. It wasn't, yeah, yeah, we're going to run the ball. The first answer that came out of this guy's mouth, and he's been with the program for three years. He kind of pointed over and says, that's the best running back I've ever seen. That was the first answer. He was pointing at Keontae Ingram. I don't know what he was trying to imply, but, you know, there's a lot of ways to interpret that. And, you know, Keontae is one of those guys that looks like, that looked like he was going to be, huh? How would you interpret that response? Well, well, here's what I'll say. It doesn't surprise me because, you know, if you follow Keontae's journey, he looked like he was going to be the next great one at Texas. He, he really looked like he was primed to be, you know, what B. John Robinson is going to do. He looked like he was going to be that. And, you know, unfortunately, there's some things, some injuries, you know, he had some some uh, some bad plays and things just kind of like, you know, fell apart a little bit. And, you know, he was looking for a fresh start. So another one of those guys where talent is not the problem. And he came here to USC to be the lead guy. And I'm expecting big things from him. So I'm not surprised at all. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think USC is looking for something different than what they had in their running back room. Otherwise, sure. you, don't, you don't go out and follow up a Keontae Ingram with a Darwin Barlow. Exactly. I mean, exactly. yeah, I mean, again, not a knock on Vavai Malapai or Keenan Christen, two returners, but. Or BC, know, the freshman either, yeah. Or Brandon Campbell, who they recruited. Um, they're, yeah. They're looking for something different than what they already had. Now we're going to yeah. see, if, uh, now we'll, we'll see if they use them, which I think is the perfect segue to. Offensive line and the running game working is that tight end group. Um, Josh, how many tight ends do we have? Off the top of my head, I'm thinking like five or six. How close is that number? Okay. Is Malcolm Epps part of that group? Are we including him? Are we including Epps in, in that group? I would. I would include both of them in that group. Personally, that's why I would do it. Over under. We will have more receptions from the Titans than we have number of Titans in the group. <laughs> I hope the answer is yes. We're playing a 12-game season. <laughs> I, I, will, I will hope yes. Okay. Sarcasm aside, I think they're going to try and utilize the Titans in the passing game. But more importantly, they got to figure out a way to utilize them with the run game too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those guys are, look, we've been, we've been told that the tight ends are an integral part of Graham Harrell's offense. We haven't been able to see, we haven't seen it yet. Didn't see it in 2019. We understand why we were unable to see it last year. But again, no excuses this year. Um, you know, when you're looking at players that you have coming back, you've, you've got Jude Wolf. Hopefully he'll be able to be in, you know, completely injury free this year. Uh, he he started to play last year and then he got hurt in that Washington State game, right? Yeah, uh, he yeah, I forgot which game it was, but yeah, he had an injury that set him back. Um, we haven't seen Ethan Ray contribute yet. Not yet. Uh, these are two uh, tight ends that you know typically you would see at Stanford. It those type of bodies. Um, so they're big enough to, to, you know, to be physical in the run game, but also, you know, big enough and they have great hands to be pass catchers. We still have Josh Fallow, the enigma. You know, he can be one of the, the great, you know, special need weapons in this offense. I don't know how else you want to classify it because you can't, there's not a DB that can match up with them, not a safety or cornerback or a linebacker for that matter. Who can match up with him in the open field? He's just that fleet of foot. Is he somebody, though, 
I mean, how many years has he been here now, Josh? This he's he's a redshirt senior. Yeah, he's been here a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Lake McCree. How much do we want to anticipate from him this year, freshman? He had a he had a solid spring. Um, I don't know if you saw if you remember during the the spring game, he was taking some hits and he was just getting right back up like no big deal. Yeah, he was doing his thing. He was doing his thing for a freshman. He looked like he belonged. So yeah. And then you've got Malcolm Epps, the, the transfer from, from Texas, and Michael Trigg, the freshman who they, uh, who they brought in. It's a lot of names. Mm -hmm. Can they find a role for a couple of them? We'll see. We'll see. Okay. And then the final group, we've got our wide receivers. Yeah, and we, you know, we got some news regarding that room uh, obviously we're not going to go into it too much we don't have any of the details but looks like usc will be without brew mccoy uh, for the time being so thankfully they've got some bodies that can fill in who are some names that what are some names that you would throw in there i'm because off the top of my head i'm thinking kyle ford taj washington maybe gary bryant instead of inside you put him outside um yeah i mean we'll see so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think everybody had had Bruce slotted opposite of Drake London on the outside. Um, I, I think right now you immediately Kyle Ford is probably the next name that's going to step in that you're going to slot. But let's not forget, you know, John Jackson. Uh, he's another. He's a bigger body guy. He's not a slight guy at all. So if you're looking for that type of body to replace, um, you had you know people keep bringing up Joseph Manjack. Another freshman. I've got him as somebody who I think should redshirt, but you know, I think was it Chris Steele who mentioned his yeah. name? Yeah, I transcribed that interview and you know, Scott asked him, you know, who who are some guys that like might surprise people? And he said Joseph Manjack. You know. You mentioned Taj Washington. Um, his his biggest asset, uh, you know, other than you know what, forty plus receptions and and seven hundred plus yards that he's bringing with him from Memphis. Um, He's bringing a lot of speed. So him and Gary Bryant, maybe we'll see them on the field together. You know, that'll, that'll be something new. Katie Nixon was brought over for the same reason, to bring more speed. I personally think he's going to be more of a special teams guy, but, you know, we'll find out. Um, my personal favorite that, you know, just I'm rooting for from the walk-on group, Zach Wilson. Um, Play 17, USC. Right? You already know. <laughs> hey i've got film he was abusing isaiah pole amount he, he puts he posts them all too he's cooking these dudes you know yep, yep. he posts them too he makes sure we know that's right so you know i don't want to say he falls into that category of politics where walk-ons you know automatically are put in the back of the line versus scholarship players but you know he might fall into that category but if you put him on the field he's going to give you some production um and then, you know, who's someone who really impressed during the spring was Michael Jackson. And then uh, you've got the, uh, the other freshman, uh, uh, what is it, Ware Hudson. Mm -hmm. So a lot, of, a lot of guys to work with. Yeah. So I think that's going to be another thing as we move into spring, to fall camp is who, who emerges as a number two guy. I think that's going to be one thing to be really keyed in on yeah i mean immediately everyone had a brew mccoy slot as number two just based off the numbers that he put up last year man it's wide open right now right now it's like it could be anybody and you well i mean if you look at the guys who are returning there, there's some experience there but there's i think you can count on both hands a total number of receptions between. yeah it, it it's not a lot no definitely it's not a lot so man Drake Jackson, we thought Drake London was going to get a lot of attention before. Oh, they've been putting like three dudes on him. Yeah, it's going to, yeah. Here you go. Here we go, Graham Harrell. It is now up to you to get the creativity flowing. Mm -hmm. Get that tight end group integrated. Yep. Utilize and the speed. The running game, if the running, if they can run the ball effectively, that'll help it. Josh, I, yeah, you came back to it. It's the running game. It's the running game. We look. Yeah. We've seen 
We've seen teams from Alabama to Clemson to Ohio State throw the ball with prolific numbers and run the ball with equal proficiency. It can be done. For sure. I'm keeping you awake, it seems like, here, Josh. No, no, no. No, for sure. Yeah, they need it. They need that. All right. So. Uh, really, really quick, special yeah. teams. Damon Johnson, Ben Griffiths, Parker Lewis. You know what? That'll We're be the time we hear Damon Johnson's name mentioned again. Um, unless he all of a sudden develops some sort of funk in the head where he can't snap the ball anymore. <laughs> Not going with He's per He's still perfect, right? Has he had a bad snap in his time? In? I don't think so. Which is I, amazing, which is a good thing. <laughs> I think he has more fumble recoveries than bad snaps. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we'll obviously, you know, get to film Ben Griffith, you know, doing punt drills at practice. Um, we'll keep an eye on Parker Lewis, make sure he's, uh, you know, we know he's got the leg. Mm -hmm. uh, distance isn't going to be an issue. I think everything, everybody's focusing on his accuracy. Um, there were a few things that they were working on with him. They think they've got that figured out. Um, and then, you know, kickoffs. You know, are you a guy, do you like touchbacks? Or are you like, you know, putting a, the ball at the goal line, one yard line where they have to either now make the decision to touch back or run the ball back? I'm a touchback guy, man. Don't risk it. If you can put it in the back of the end zone, just put it in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Doesn't matter. corner, Straight. Doesn't matter. Just nah, man, don't, don't, don't play with it. Cause there's I, a lot of good athletes out there and you don't want to. Yeah. I, and then all the, when the ball's in play, that's, that's when you're, you know, your starting linebacker gets injured because on a, play he gets blindsided or something like like you know there's so much so many bad things that can happen if you don't just do a touchback you know so yay or nay there will not usc will line up with 10 players on a special teams play no 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 those days are behind us we got a good special teams coach now no it didn't happen last year did it to my knowledge <sighs> I, I feel like i would have remembered if it happened and i don't think it did i probably would have blown a gasket if it did <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm excited man fall camp starts oh, away. we uh don't forget guys we've got a meet and greet we're gonna we're trying to do set up for thursday night uh at the village josh is gonna be there right he's he's gonna be our i'll, I'll try to stop by yep of course guest speaker josh guest speaker yeah i'll give all y'all the insight <laughs> come through to me you know, you know, I, mentioned, I mentioned earlier that Scott and I went to modern day's practice yesterday. Um, I was talking to one of the players. I, I said, and I, I didn't ex anticipate or expect an answer. I said, so what does it feel like to get tackled again? And this kid, just the biggest smile just overcame his face. No words, just the biggest smile. That's how much it meant just to, to be on the field, practicing with those guys, to be hit, tackled, taste the dirt. Yeah, these guys are looking forward to it. And so are we. Yeah. No more crumb of the frog memes trying out the window. No, no more, uh, but you won't see me and Mark tackling each other. So don't get it. That's what y'all want to see. So we're gonna see if we can <laughs> we're gonna see if we can arrange that. <laughs> media, media uh football. Well they they have you know what? Don't they have the, the trainers games between USC and UCLA? Don't they have that? Oh uh, yeah, they have that. I forgot what it's called. I forgot what it's called, but yeah, they do have that team managers or whatever they are yeah something like that yeah they're, we're not going to have a uh at least to my knowledge there's not going to be any salute to troy this year either so yeah maybe we'll get some sort of media pickup football game yeah that'd be kind of cool huh that'd be cool what position would you play josh me you know me uh, wide receiver type put me out on the outside one-on-one -on -one. what about you mark I got you pegged, Josh, as a cornerback out there on the island. Oh, okay, I take that too. DB is cool. Yeah. Yeah. You won't take it personally. Nope. Me? Never. Man, kicker or safety? Oh, kicker! Come on, don't say kicker. Got it. That's gotta, no fun. Got to be mentally tough. You do have to be mentally tough. That's for sure. And I won't let anybody shake me off my off my game. And yeah, if I can, if I can have one shot at doing, imitating Taylor Mays one time, yeah, 
yeah. That 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 hit against Penn State lives rent free in my head. Dude, he took out a Trojan. <laughs> that, you know, it was so crazy. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that that part of football is uh, lost forever. Yeah, that part of yeah. which is a good thing. Don't get me. Yeah, wrong. you don't want two people getting taken out at once like that. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would I would do what Taylor Mays did, but I would do it legally. I wouldn't launch. But yeah, I want that one type of that one kill shot, that one Rhea Mayaluga taking out the Bruin on the sideline. That's a famous gif right there. So, yeah. So why do you have your thing blurred behind you, Josh? Is that your yeah. move? Keep keep the focus, you know. Everybody, you know, there's there might be some distractions in the background sometimes. So I want to just keep it focused, you know. You got the, you got the ladies hanging out in the background? No, no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. I want to give a shout out to, to to Ed, who, by the way, yes, that's not Duran Duran in the background. That that's my that's a Nagel Patrick Nagel portrait. Um, I got after we did our last show, um, I got this text message from a buddy of mine. He goes, "Man, is that Duran Duran hanging out in the wall?" <laughs> For some of you who are old enough might know, there was a Duran Duran album that used a Nagel artwork for their. Uh, for their album cover. So it kind of freaked them out a little bit. But Patrick Nagel is an art icon from the 80s. I see. I'm just going to smile. You know? <laughs> Josh is like, what? Uh, I'll, I'll appreciate that, you know. <laughs> I don't really know what you're talking about, but it's cool. I, I like it. I'm sure. You have, what, who are some of the artists of today, Josh, that we should be familiar with? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not really into art like that. Or is it a sweet thing now? Is it all graffiti? I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciate some good artwork. You know, I went to I went to the Getty Villa last weekend. You know, walked did around, you? saw some. Yeah, it, did. it was really cool. Was that it was your dope. First yeah, it was my first time. What'd nice. Yeah, it's cool. Really cool. Yeah. You didn't even get to see all of it, did you? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm a fan. I I admire good artwork. I know art when I see it, right? Yep. That. So we'll close this out. Are you going to be with us uh, Friday, Josh? You coming? Yes, I will be there. I will be there. Nice. And who knows? You know, there's news breaking all the time. So stay tuned because um, there is big stuff coming up. Big stuff. Mm -hmm. Besides the season. Recruiting. All right. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Hopefully uh, Scott will get those nuggets up sooner than later. Yeah, we got a lot of good info yesterday. So, all right, man. We'll see y'all later. Yeah, we will. We'll report back uh, after practice Friday. Mm -hmm.